the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. No book on earth is deeper and richer than the Bible. And few passages of scripture go deeper than the ninth chapter of the book of Romans. Welcome to Canyon Ridge Radio with Pastor Chris Chadwick, a ministry of Canyon Ridge Baptist Church in San Diego. You'll hear verse-by-verse preaching that will help you know and love Jesus in a personal and practical way. Open your Bibles with us to Romans chapter 9 and listen in to part one of this message as we learn together from the Bible. Romans chapter 9. Now, if you were here five weeks ago, you remember that I preached on, or maybe you remember, or maybe you don't remember that I finished up preaching Romans chapter 8, a beautiful passage of Scripture, one of my favorite and truly one of the uh, most encouraging passages in all of the Bible. Uh, as we looked at that last section, uh, 35 to 39, and really the, the whole paragraph runs from chapter th- eight, verse 31 to verse number 39. We saw that beautiful verse at the end of our passage at the end of verse number 39. What shall separate us from the love of God? Verse 39. Uh, uh, not height. Go back to verse number 38. I'll read it and do better. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I'm persuaded that nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. This is what I like to call the crescendo of confidence we have in Christ, or the loyalty and love we see demonstrated by Jesus or I'm loved and I'm secured, my salvation and my relationship are kept by Jesus Christ. This is a, a high watermark, if you will, in the scripture that helps us understand that absolutely nothing, I mean absolutely nothing, can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. It, it, it is it is impeccable in its beauty. It is wonderful in its in its reality that the love of God that is shed abroad in our hearts is there and it's there to stay. It's awesome. Now, if you know the book of Romans, you would think that from this passage of scripture, because Paul has been dealing with deep theological issues, I think this is my 69th message in Romans, that Paul has been dealing with deep theological issues from chapter one all the way to the end of chapter eight you would think that he would jump into chapter 12, which goes into practical theology or practical Christian living and the way that we should live our life on the earth. And it becomes very, very practical in chapter 12. Because let's talk about the love of God. Okay, now that we've we've settled all of this, uh, let's talk about how we live our life. 
and demonstrate the love of God that is in us that are believers in this world. Let's do it that way. But before Paul gets to chapter 12, it's almost like a, it's not parenthetical because it's intentional, but it's almost like there's a giant parenthesis between chapter 9, verse number 1, and the end of chapter 11, where Paul takes a, oh, not a detour, but an intentional aside, and talks about the nation of Israel and how God deals with them past, present, and future. Talk about how God dealt with them in the past, how God is dealing with them in the present, and how he will deal with them in the future. Let, let me remind us this morning, not to get too in the weeds this morning, but let me remind us this morning that the nation of Israel is indeed God's chosen people. God chose them all the way in the book of Genesis when he called Abram out of the Ur of the Chaldees to be the father of the nation and then his sons, Isaac and Jacob. Jacob's name would be changed to Israel. Israel would have 12 sons. Many of you know the story. If you're new to church, you'll hear it over the weeks to come. But it's it's um, very, very clear in Scripture that God, for a unique purpose and plan, chose the nation of Israel uh, to demonstrate his grace to proclaim his righteousness and to be a light in a lost and dark world all the way back at the calling of Abraham or Abram. And so chapters 9, 10, and 11 are going to deal with that. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul has a deep and abiding love for the nation of Israel, and this cannot be lost. And, and you say, Pastor, why are you taking so much time to give a background to this? I want to be very, very clear here that chapters 9, 10, and 11 have been perplexing to a lot of folks, maybe even some here this morning, have been perplexing. And in truth, they can be challenging to understand. So I want to help us this morning uh, understand and to know what the Bible means. We don't want you to come to Canyon Ridge and just feel good when you leave. We want you to walk out of here knowing what God says in his word and how his word should apply to our life in some form or fashion. And so each of these chapters, 9, 10, 11, begin with Paul's heart to the nation of Israel. Would you read in verse number 1 of chapter 9 with me? You have your Bibles open there. I say the truth in Christ, I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost, that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren my kinsmen according to the flesh. I don't know that we'll get to verses 4 and 5 this morning. We did in the 8.30 service, probably not today, in the 10.30. But notice this, who are Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises, which are the fathers, whose are the fathers, I should say, and of whom, as concerning the flesh, Christ came, who is over all God blessed forever. Amen. If you look over in chapter 10, verse number one, Paul says it this way, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Uh, for I bear them record. They have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. In Romans 11, verse number one, he says, I say then, hath God cast away his people or the nation of Israel? God forbid. For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. God hath not cast away his people or the Israelites, which he foreknew. Want ye not what the scripture saith to Elias, how he maketh intercession to God against Israel. So the scripture is is very, very clear that God loves the nation of Israel and the apostle Paul loves the nation of Israel. 
And as we come to chapter 9, verse number 1, we see very clearly in verses 1 and 2, the burden that Paul carries, the burden Paul carries. He says in verse number 1, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not. uh, My conscience also bearing witness in the Holy Ghost. And he's going to talk about his burden. A burden is something that everybody in this room that's probably over the age of 10 understands. And maybe even uh, anybody that might be under the age of 10 would understand, and, and some certainly do. And that really just is a difficult concern or something that weighs on us. We, we've, we've all carried burdens before. If you're a parent, no doubt you've carried the burden of a sick child who couldn't tell you what was wrong, and you just watched them cry or held them while they cried and prayed. And like I can remember when Judith and Natalie were small, just going, babe, I just wish some way I knew what you were feeling, and I would do everything that I could or anything that I could to help fix the problem because yeah, I just feel this overwhelming sense of sadness that I'm not able to fix your problem. So we, we, we've carried that burden, or maybe the burden of a, of a, of a child who is facing some difficulty. We, there might be some burdens represented here of a, of a friend who is going through a, a challenging time in their life, and all you can do is pray for them. You don't have any answers. You don't have any counsel. You can't make their life easier. What they're going through just stinks. It's a burden that you carry, and legitimate burden that you carry. It's not a it's not an insincere burden. It's it's real. It's a it's a very real burden. There might be some divorces represented in the room this morning, and you're still years later carrying that burden. That burden that that doesn't seem to be diminishing. Oh, you've learned to cope with that. You've learned to cope with the measure of the marriage problems. You've learned to cope the measure of the relationship problems if you're not married. You've learned to, you've learned to accept it for what it is and where it is. But, but the reality is you, you still have that burden. It's still in your life. Some of you this morning have parents that have walked away from you or maybe even you unfortunately have walked away from some family. There's, there's burdens that are carried in this room. There's some single person in this room that thought he was going to be the one and and then that you were going to spend the rest of your life with him only to find out later that he wasn't what you expected and there was a massive breakup and you carry that burden. There's probably somebody in this room this morning that's carrying the burden of wondering if you're going to get let go from your job tomorrow when you walk through the doors. I just want us to understand that in life we have burdens, and they're real, and we feel them, and they're tangible. But the biggest burden of all, the greatest burden in this world, is the burden of a life lived without Christ. The burden of trying to live your life on your own trying to live your life without Jesus because because carrying the weight of your own sin is a burden that that is over-the-top difficult that can never truly be managed. It can't be managed. That's why Jesus said in the book of Matthew, he said, uh, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
The burden of Jesus Christ is a light burden. Sometimes people say, well, I don't want to become a Christian pastor because there's so many rules and so many regulations and I got to, I have to do this and I have to do that. And there are some rules. Let's be honest. And there are some things that we need to do because God says that we need to do them. And, and that is certainly true. But let me tell you, the burden of sin is far greater. The, the, the weight of trying to figure it out. You say, well, I'm just going to do my own thing and I'm just going to go my own way and I'm just going to live my own life and I can do what I want when I want, how I want to. Oh, friend, make no mistake. Satan wants you to think that, but he is an evil master and he is a controlling fiend and he will destroy your life in a timetable that he desires if you don't give your life to Christ. Well, Paul had a massive burden. If you like what you've heard so far, check out CanyonRidgeRadio.com. You can see videos and listen to hundreds of Bible messages that will help you in your walk with the Lord. You can also send a message to me and Pastor Chadwick. Check us out at CanyonRidgeRadio.com. Now, back to the message in progress. And we see it in verse number one, and he says it really clearly. I say the truth in Christ. It just just means it's genuine. It's a true statement. It's a, a statement of dependability. I'm speaking the truth in Christ. What I'm saying it about to say is what, here's how Paul is saying it. What I'm about to say to you is is accurate. And I say the truth. And then, then he gives this prepositional phrase, in Christ. I'm speaking in Christ. And here's what Paul did. Paul called on the Lord Jesus Christ to be, listen to what I'm about to say, his witness. Hey, put me in front of a judge and bring anybody that you want here, but I want to ask you to do this for me if you would. Would you please ask Jesus if I'm sincere? I'm speaking the truth in Christ, and he goes on to say, drawing emphasis to this point, I lie not. I'm not lying about this. Now, we know as Christians and at Canyon Ridge, we've learned this over the years, that when a Hebrew writer, and Paul was a Hebrew, makes the same statement, either um, the same exact words or, or the same concept, he's drawing tremendous emphasis to that. And Paul is trying to draw special emphasis to the reality that he is speaking truth. He's saying, I'm, I'm speaking the truth. I'm, I'm not lying. I'm not trying to sensationalize this. I'm not trying to win the crowd over. I'm not speaking hyperbolically. I'm I'm not using flowery words to get you to follow me. I'm speaking the truth in Christ, and I'm not lying about it. Now, we live in a world of extremes, don't we? Uh, you get on social media, and people will say anything and almost do anything to get followers. I, I like watching people do dumb things, and then they post it on the internet. Now, my daughters, they're soft. They're from a different generation. But those of us that are from the great generation, the 80s, um, we, <laughs> we understand that if you put something online of you doing it, doing something stupid, you deserve the mockery that you should receive. Can I get an amen in the crowd? I, not everybody's in church life, but, but my daughter's like, Dad, I can't believe you laughed at it. Listen. That dude ate a pepper. I was watching YouTube videos last night of people eating hot peppers. That dude ate a pepper that they say is the equivalent of 300 jalapenos. And he ate that one pepper, took two bites and swallowed it. And the dude just was in near convulsions for 10 minutes, maybe even more. 
And, and, and my wife would say, like, don't you feel bad? Nope. This is the funniest thing I've seen all week long. Can I get an amen in the crowd? Like, like, dude, you put that on there and he's doing that. Why? For followers. I've seen people like, like belly flop off the high dive and then they're like, Oh, and they've got like this, this full body hickey and, and people are like, I can't believe that you're laughing at that. No, no, no I, I'm laughing at that because that's what it's intended to do. But he's doing this extreme thing to try to get followers. And that's fine. It's an extreme thing to try to get a follower. It doesn't bother me at all. I, I get it. It's fine. No big deal. Doesn't, doesn't make me um, sad or angry with them at all. I'm just laughing and, uh, at what they're, at what they're doing. It can go wrong, but, but as a general rule, it's just, just younger people doing dumber things. In, in our, culture, if we're not clear, we can hear the, the truth of the scripture. And what we, if we're not careful, what we might think is something like this. Oh, he's just trying to get people to listen to him. Let me just be candid. That's not what Paul is doing here. He is speaking the truth. He's saying, I say the truth in Christ, I line up. My conscience also bearing witness. In other words, what I'm about to say is really, really the truth. You say, why are you drawing so much emphasis to this? Because what he's about to say is powerful. My conscience bearing witness. Paul is saying, I, I'm, 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 uh, you can look at my inner man. And you could put me on the stand before the Holy Ghost and, and he would tell you that I am speaking the truth in every way. There, there's no, there's no lie involved here. And it wasn't just a, a heavy burden that he carried and a genuine burden that he carried, but it was continual. Look in verse number two, that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. Now, the word great is a great word we understand. It's the Greek word megas, where we get our word mega, and it just means huge. And heaviness is just sorrow or grief or trouble. How many of you know when, when that time of a burden comes in your life and that sense of trouble or sorrow is just overwhelming? Most of us have had that. And Paul says, I have great heaviness and continual or uninterrupted or a burden that, that isn't even temporarily removed. I have this uninterrupted burden that is all over my life. It's always there. It doesn't leave. I, I, I still am able to do things. But the burden is consistent and persistent. It's unyielding. It's heavy. It's on my life. And he says in verse number two, I have great heaviness and continual sorrow. Where does he have it? In his heart it just means the inner man. It wasn't a light burden. It was massive. It was huge. It was, it was a burden that he had when he went to sleep. It was a burden that he had when he woke up. It was a burden that he carried throughout the day. Everywhere that he went, this, this burden was there. And, and, and there's, there's no getting away from it. Well, what's the burden? 
What could, what could cause this in a man's life? I mean, the apostle Paul, he was, he was an intellectual of the day. He was a, he was an intellectual of the highest order. He was considered by many to be the most intelligent person in, in Palestine. He was, he was predicted to be the leader of the Jewish Sanhedrin, the, the most probably in, in some ways having the most uh, legal authority to have the highest amount of in that day religious authority. Uh, and, and Christ changed everything in his life and he became a missionary for Jesus and, and his, and his whole life was changed. But we're, we're not talking about a guy that, that is simply driven by his emotions. We're talking about a man who is, who is a, a deep thinker who, who quotes, uh, the sages of old and, and he's going to end up writing more books of the Bible than anybody else would ever write. I mean, Paul was the, was the man. Well, well what could this burden be? Well, we see it in verse number three, the reason for the burden. He says, I could wish myself that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. I want you to notice the reason for the burden. Again, you're carrying some burdens in your life. Some of them are caused by you. Some of them are caused by the sin of other people. But the worst burden of all is a burden, the burden of a person who's never accepted Christ as their Savior. Paul says, I could wish myself accursed. Paul is, listen to the words I'm about to say. Paul was willing to suffer in the fires of hell so that the nation of Israel could be saved. Paul said this, I could wish myself. It just literally means I pray or I wish or I desire earnestly. Now, Paul understood this wasn't possible. Paul understood that, that there was no way that this would happen. He understood John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Paul knew that. John, uh, Paul knew John chapter 3, verse number 36. He that believeth on the son hath everlasting life. He that believeth not the son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. John, Paul understood John chapter 10, verses 29 to 32, where the Bible says that Jesus is the holder of our salvation, that, that if you're saved, if you're redeemed, if you're a child of God, that your salvation is kept by Jesus Christ. Paul understood that. There was, there was no doubt in Paul's mind uh, about the theology of it, but his burden was so heavy that he was literally willing to die so that the, and, and spend eternity in hell so that the nation of Israel could go to heaven. It would be like us saying this, if uh, I'd, do, I'd give anything if I could live my teenage years over again. I mean, how many of us have said something like that? Or if I could go back and make a different decision, I would. We, we know that we can't go back, but there's a sincerity of heart that we really do. There, there's a desire for us to be able to go back and make some different decisions. We, we, we might date differently. That's, that was Debbie's contribution to the message, my wife. Like, I would definitely date differently if I could do that one over again. Uh, we, we might date differently. We might, we might, we might, uh, take some different courses in school. Some of us we might go to school. Um, 
we, we might do some things a little bit differently if we could. Now we can't, but there, I mean, come on, let's be honest. There is some sincerity in our hearts that if we could go back and make those decisions, if we could go back and not say those hurtful words, if, if we could go back and, and, uh, you know, not go that way home where we had the accident, but go a different way home, we'd probably do that. But we can't, but we're sincere in it. So, the, so that's similar in construct, though Paul's is a lot weightier because it's not a personal benefit. But Paul is saying, I could wish myself accursed. The word accursed is the Greek word anathema, and it means estrangement from Christ and his salvation. It, it denotes being given over to divine condemnation. In other words, Paul said this, I, I would be willing to suffer and spend eternity in the fires of hell. If my brethren, according to the flesh, we'd say it this way, if the Jews would be saved. That's heavy. That's powerful. Because Paul understood what it meant to spend eternity in hell. He was, he was the theologian of the day. The story is told in Luke chapter 16 of a rich man. He's a rich man. We don't know how rich he is, but seems from the kind, it's a true story. It's not a, it's not a parable that Jesus would often tell. This is a true story. And this man, who is very, very wealthy, would demonstrate his wealth, and this still happens in that, in, in, in third world countries. He would demonstrate his wealth by what he wore and what he ate. And so he would have these, the Bible actually uses this words, this word. He would have sumptuous meals every day. What's a sumptuous meal? It's a, it's a huge meal. We might, in our vernacular, it might be something like Thanksgiving. You've been listening to Canyon Ridge Radio with Pastor Chris Chadwick. Tune in next week as Pastor Chadwick continues this powerful series of messages from Romans chapter 9. Speaking of, if you have any questions about what it means to be a Christian, the Bible, and how to go to heaven, we invite you to visit CanyonRidgeRadio.com for more information. We hope this episode of Canyon Ridge Radio has been an encouragement to you. Canyon Ridge Baptist Church is a growing church located in beautiful San Diego, California. If you're in the San Diego area, make plans to visit us this Sunday at 8.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m., or 5 o'clock p.m. at 6866 Linda Vista Road. For more information about our church, pastor, or how to know Jesus as your Savior, visit our website at CanyonRidgeRadio.com. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.